Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 9 of From the Field to the Track. As always we have a very exciting episode for you so let me introduce who we've got on today. As always I'm joined by the girl who continually tells me do not F up this podcast but still calls Ollie Oliver Berman. It is our my wonderful co-host Tiana Sones and joining me once again from the Fakatane Studios. Um, to my left is the girl who told me she was done with <laughs> It's Charlotte Austin. Oh my lord. And our first international guest is joining us from Spain. It's the girl whose followers list <laughs> It's Gina Tommy. Thank you, Katie. Beautiful. <laughs> oh okay, so as oh, I said, we have a... Yet. I know, I worked on that one super hard because I'm really excited about this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, what am I supposed to say for that? Okay, so um, we have all met Charlotte before, we've all met Tiana before. So, Gina, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be sitting here today on this podcast? How I came to be sitting here, like how I got into racing, because I feel like they're different things. <laughs> I'm joking. No. So um, okay, yeah. I grew us, up in Tell karting. us about what you do. Give us an elevator pitch. Yeah, I've got you. Okay, so um, <laughs> I grew up in karting in America. My brother started when I was five, and then uh, he worked his way up through all the national circuits. We never really raced over in Europe, um, but we did a lot in America. And then he quit or like slowed it way down when I was like 14 or 15 but since I grew up there and all my friends were there I uh, started working in tech just to have something to do and be there I made my mom drop me off at a race in Road America which is in northern Wisconsin which is where I'm from where um, I landed a job because of this girl who's like my older sister figure she worked there too working in tech and then after that um, I didn't work for them anymore and I started working for a company called Trinity Karting Group is which is based out of Cincinnati that I adore so much. They're like my second family, but um, I did their social media and their photography, which I knew absolutely nothing about. And I was like 15, 16, um, and then started like doing a little bit of driving management for them. And then while I was there, I um, signed with a company called Cart Chaser for about a year and a half, where um, I was a pit reporter for karting, so interviewing drivers. Um, I was a bit of a jack of all trades. I did a lot of stuff from like social media content creation. And then um, I got a job in F with F1 in last October, uh, working at Austin. And then granted Austin went well, or like the US Grand Prix, granted that went well. Uh, they said that they'd give me some opportunities for next year. So I've got a few races I'm going to so far this year lined up and I'm really excited for it. But um, I give paddock tours to people from the paddock club and like champions club and title sponsors. So um, I show them around, take their pictures. I'm like full-time photographer, part-time tour guide, truly. <laughs> I'm out there with the camera, but yeah, I just get to talk to people all day and I get to walk around in like the coolest place in the world. So it's really fun. I really enjoy what I do. Um, hoping to do it for a long time. Yeah. Is that good, Katie? That is completely Uh perfect from our end. Um, okay. So I guess we've kind of heard where your kind of like career is going, but I thought we could just go around and each share like our F1 fan origin story, like how we got to be F1 fans. Oh, um, yeah. Because we've all had pretty different kind of kind of stories to get um, to being the F1 fans that we are today. So, um, Tiana, do you want to start? 
Okay, so my story is a bit weird, but you have to stick with me. So my dad has been a huge motorsport fan, like, my entire life, before I was born, everything. He watched any form of racing. Like, one of the events that he really wants to go to is the Indy Indy 500 or whatever. So I'm very excited that hopefully one day I can take him. But I never got really into racing, like, when my dad was watching it. I don't know why. Like, I couldn't explain to you why. I just thought it wasn't for me or whatever. And then I think in 2021, it was before the final race, which was Abu Dhabi. And we all know how that went down. It was not a fun time. Especially because my dad's a Lewis Hamilton fan. So I kept getting all of these TikToks on my For You page just, like, constantly about who's going to win, who's going to win. And obviously, I'm a very... Like, consumerism is made for me. I'm a very... If it comes on my For You page, I will probably watch it. So I then forced my dad to watch Abu Dhabi with me. It was like 12 o'clock in the morning. He just came back from work and we watched it together. So yeah, and then now it's like the hugest part of my life. So that's my F1 origin story. That's cute. Cute. Charlotte, me. Um, Mine was when all of Australia went into lockdown in 2021. And my brother was a big Max Verstappen fan because they have the same first name. Beautiful, by the way. Love Max. Um, And he was like, Charlotte, you have to watch F1 with me. And I was like, no, that's really boring. Sorry. Um, And then one night, it was like 11, and my dad was watching Monza. And I was like, okay, I may as well stay up and watch Monza with him. And it was when Max and Lewis crashed and then McLaren had their one too. And I was like, okay, McLaren's kind of fun. So I've been a McLaren fan since monza 2021 so that's basically my origin story and it made max and i really good friends so it's the reason that my brother and i actually got closer because we talked about the races every weekend so besties oh gina do you want to tell us how you got into f1 yeah i don't know why all my notifications are going off right now um i mean i grew up in racing and so it was always kind of on in the background and i never really followed it followed it but i knew who Lewis Hamilton was and I remember it was Abu Dhabi 2021 and we were in Vegas for Supernats which is like a huge karting race and um that's kind of like probably the first time that I really like was glued to it uh we were all watching it and around and we watched a lot of IndyCar and like occasionally NASCAR just because they're both super American so like I knew the racing scene and I knew that some of the drivers my brother was racing with like potentially had a future to like go into anything formula wise um, but yeah, Abu Dhabi 2021, I just remember like walking into, I think it was the Burrell tent. I don't know if you know what Burrell is, but it's, um, a karting manufacturer, like a team and they're watching it. And I've never heard people scream so loudly. Like someone could have died or someone could have won a world championship. Like you actually wouldn't have known the difference. Um, yeah, but after that, that's when I really started to fall in love with it. Um, personally, as opposed to just like a family thing, I've always been a little bit more fascinated in F1 than IndyCar or NASCAR. Um, I like street circuits more, so, like, obviously, I think IndyCar is really cool. I think like IMSA and WAC are cool, too. But um, there's something really fascinating to me about the money and the financial side of Formula One and how much it takes and how each member of the team is so integral. And I think it's, like, such a specific and niche industry, and I, I love it. So I think that's what really got me hooked on it, as opposed to, like, the more American racing I watched growing up. Not to say not all racing is ridiculously expensive, because it is, but F1 just puts it, <laughs> get a kicker in there. Yeah, they just, they just kind of, what's it called? Like, they just add insult to injury. Oh, yeah. Not 20 yeah. million, not 20 million. Yeah. Okay, um, so my story, my story is a little bit different from everybody's. We've kind of got a lot of, a lot of family things being brought up with it, 
Um, I was not. So um, I was listening to a podcast called The Girls Uninterrupted. That's a little shout out to them. Um, And they, one of the girls on there was talking about how she loved Drive to Survive. She didn't even watch F1. She just loved Drive to Survive. And I was like, oh. Um, similar to Charlotte, I was a bit bored. And we weren't in lockdown. It was 2022, so last year. And so I was like, oh, I'll just put it on in the background while I work out and became just absolutely fascinated with the show. Watched all five seasons, four seasons at that stage um, in, like, the space of, like, two months. Um, absolutely fell in love with it and then convinced my uncle to buy me F1 TV. Um, and my first race is Montreal 2022 and I haven't missed a race since then. Um, oh. Just before I started watching F1, I started, uh, like, started watching live races. I started... Um, what is now called Danny Rick's bitch. Um, so my TikTok and that's kind of grown into to the rest of this. So yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's my story. But um, I guess similar to Jenna with her talking about like the financial side of it, like the pure fantasy and like fiction that if one felt like to me with like these cars going incredibly fast, like I'm really fascinated by like the physics behind the cars and kind of like, the mechanics behind making these cars go as fast as they do go I've always really loved that and then kind of that added that added fiction of like how where is all this money coming from um these people are traveling the world and, and seem to be having the best time so um yeah I guess that's kind of what drew me to it um yeah does anyone can want I add anything to that yeah can I add something to what Katie said mm. um I think that what you said about the fantasy is like so cool. Like, it's so true because it's so. Lord, my phone keep going off. I'm gonna restart that. Okay. Anyway, I was saying I really agree with what Katie said about the fantasy of Formula One because, especially as an American, because it's not really a thing over there. Like IndyCar and NASCAR are just so much more accessible, and so that's what you hear about. And that's what you grow up watching. And there's the Indy 500, the entire month of May, Daytona 500, all these massive, massive races. And then F1 is kind of just like across the pond. Yes, there's Coda. Now there's Miami and Vegas, thanks to probably Drive to Survive. But it's just like this really niche thing. And it's so cool because what I loved about or what I love about working in Formula One is that every single person there is like so passionate about it. Like you have to work really, 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 really hard just to get to like a very baseline level position at any company. So you don't have these people stumbling in from like IT that are like, yeah, I just graduated college. Like, I don't really know how I got here. You know what I mean? Everyone is like very passion driven. And so I think that adds to the fantasy of it too, because everyone is so high strung. My dad calls me redline because he says I'm always operating at like 7,500 RPMs. Um, And I feel like whenever I'm in any form of like form of racing, any kind of paddock, everyone's the same way. Like everyone is always like, just so high strung and not in a bad way but they're so passionate and into what they're doing that it like feels like home I love it it's like the most electric feeling ever yeah yeah I was gonna say do we think that probably like the reason that it feels like such like a homely community is because like people work like you said people work so so hard to get to where they are and like it's just like oh well we all communally like worked so hard to get to where we are like I think we should kind of celebrate that do we think that maybe that's the reason why you know paddocks kind of feel like okay you know this person's like really good and you know like everyone's so close in a way because everybody's worked so hard and then there's like that shared passion and that like that's what I always say like no matter like 
how you consume F1, like what part of F1 you like, like or how long you've been watching it, you all have this kind of like shared love of the sport and it's so like electric and so cool. But um, I also think that like anyone you speak to, like I obviously speak to a whole bunch of different fans, a whole bunch of different creators and they all want jobs. Like a lot of people want jobs in F1, but they want them in such vast varieties of different places. And I think the opportunities to like you can do almost anything and work in f1 like any like you know what i mean so i mean it's it's so cool that it encompasses so much of the workforce and they do hire like thousands of people um to get this stuff done so i think that um it gives opportunities for not like not that's not a lot of sports that are like that where you can get involved with Mm -hmm. it in so many different ways i think Mm. um that's a really unique yeah. thing about, um, I think, motorsport in general, but um, definitely amplified or shown more in F1. I think um, going off of what you said, like, in the paddock, I feel like the energy might be a little bit different than, like, at, um, like, HQ. I don't know how to explain it. I've never been to any headquarters, but I could imagine that it's a little bit different. I think the paddock is – there's – I feel like there's three – there's three – types of people there's drivers obviously and then there's mm-hmm. team people like anyone that works that's not a driver but guys pose is be real okay so we were talking about the atmosphere within within the paddock and compared to hq but yeah yeah i think it, i think it's everybody's dream to kind of be no matter how sustainable kind of being on the road with F1 is, I think it's everybody's dream to do that. Um, but it's funny, do you know, I get messages all the time, people thinking that I want to do, like, what Tiana wants to do, which is, like, doing, like, reporting and stuff, which is not what I want to do. But um, people are always like, oh, I can't wait to see you on my TV one day. And I'm like, oh, you probably won't see me on your TV one day. But, like, what, what like, we all... Broadcast, journalism. Yeah. What, what part of F1 do you want to work in, Charlotte? Be fair, I'd love to do, like, a team's, like, like driver management yeah exactly i feel like i'd be a great manager that's what i did for trinity yeah like social media management seems like such a fun thing to do like manage someone's social media or like do communications with someone i don't think i could do journalism purely because i struggle to write a 2500 word essay i don't think i'd report every single week but communications me i want to do software engineering so that's kind of fun um which that's is so just cool. kind of like, like writing software yep. i guess um in its simplest form <laughs> yeah writing the tires yes charlotte that's exactly um, oh yeah when i gave you an example <laughs> i get you okay anyway software engineering that's what i want to do um which has got nothing to do with making content but i guess i can do that on the side 100%. Okay, the next kind of topic that we want to touch on, we're kind of going from, from the top right down to, to a not-so-nice part of F1, let's say. Um, we just wanted to kind of talk about, like, we're going to bounce off the story of Charlotte Leclerc, unfortunately having to post that story about some of some fans um, showing up at his house. So we just kind of want to talk about what it means to be a respectful fan and we're is just the line that you absolutely cannot cross um and it looks like jen is rearing to go so go ahead i'm excited okay i think that this is this is kind of a topic i'm passionate about because i feel like 
you don't understand to the caliber that the F1 drivers do, but I've seen it in even like the support series. And I feel like people are so quick to say that like, yeah, respect the privacy, respect the privacy. Like say that a driver has a new girlfriend. Everyone will go off on Twitter and be like, you have to respect their privacy, da 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 da. And then everyone does the same kind of thing where it's like the Twitter stalking for hours and like the deep diving into like their social media from 10 years ago to try to figure this out. And like, I've had stuff like that happen to me. And so I cannot imagine how annoying and like invasive it is to have people like at your house. Like I would flip because I feel like even when the tiniest of tiniest things happens to like me, which I don't understand I don't think I'm that big of a deal at all. Like, I cannot imagine it. I feel like it's, like, a constant thing. And, like, I commend them for how they cope with it. And I feel so bad for Charles because... And I'm sure that's happened to other drivers, too. I'm not saying it's just Leclerc, but, like, I would... I would flip. And that's just so invasive. And there's a lot, like, that goes on to, like, how much... And I know Katie's pretty passionate about this. Like, how much do you owe your fans? Like, what kind of information do you owe them? Like, what do you want to share with them? And I feel like that's totally up to the discretion of the driver. Like, I know that there's some drivers that are super open with their lives. And, like, uh, Marcus Erickson, for example, like, he posts a lot with his girlfriend, like, and about his personal life. And then there's people that just don't. And I feel like you could kind of respect either way, like, how much these people decide to share. And then say that you do stumble across something on social media that's public and you're like, ooh, like, soft launch this, soft launch that. Like, this guy commented on her poster. Um, we all saw it with uh, Charlotte, Charles's ex, and then, like, that guy from Tuat to Handle. Like, it's a niche thing, but, like, everyone was, like, freaking out, like, da-da-da-da-da, like, he's doing this, he's doing this. I'm like, at that point, if you're really a fan of Charles, you're gonna, like, not show it all over the internet because I'm sure he sees it too and so I don't know I feel like it's a mutual respect thing and then I feel like also the drivers or anyone that's famous in that world it could be Susie Wolf anyone um are more willing to show you more of their lives if you respect the parts that they do show you and not try to invade it like maybe Charles would post a picture of the inside of his house or him in his house if people weren't showing up at the doorstep. But I'm sure now he's like locking his shutters and closing everything tight just because he doesn't want to be seen when it's like his private time. And I think that I look means at this nothing. You can from, cut that little from kind of two angles. I look at this as a fan who is totally enamored by the drivers and I think they're so cool. But I also think at the end of the day you have to remember those people are first of all human beings and deserve our privacy and especially like not necessarily f1 drivers but the um support series drivers i mean a lot of them are, are our age you know what i mean like that's kind of one thing that i've kind of yes like being friends with jenna is that those like boys like just because that's who we talk about are still growing up they are still literally human beings and but then also, the second of all, they are drivers. They are not these social media personalities. They're not. They're not influencers at all. And even if they were influencers, they don't owe you a thing. Like they don't owe you an ounce of information um, about their lives, about what they want to do, about especially about their families. Like I think that really gets to me when it's when you're coming into their space, yeah, when you're coming into their homes, their families, their loved ones. Let's say their girlfriends. Um, I think that's one of the more disgusting parts of the sport is that fans think that 
because um, they're their fan. They they are owed this from drivers. And then I second of all look at it as someone who makes content mm. and has a minority of the following that these drivers have. And like I've had experiences where people have found out like what school I've gone to and things like that. And I'm like, hey, like it's cool that you've done that. Like I'm I'm so like I was talking to a friend about this the other day and I was saying I'm so for the like I'm all for the stalk I'm all for the look through the following and stuff but you do not need to share that with other people like I think one of the things that I hate is is the gossip accounts like just let them live their life I was just they they will share what they want to share like there's they're not going to get to like don't worry if they're going to like marry these people I'm sure they're going to show them at some stage yeah okay but they will show them at their own at their own pace and what it's not even what works for the driver it's what works for the relationship and the time and the timing and they're you know they're 17 or 18 in some in some cases their relationships aren't like these big strong stable things at this age like they're fickle you know what i mean they're flowing between all these different Mm. things i don't know i just i just like okay i've seen this recently the people that feed into it and they're like should we keep an eye on this like you should be yeah keep an eye on this girl yeah like excuse me we need to like keep an eye on it like keep an eye on your own life focus on yourself focus on what you're doing like at the end of the day a driver having a girlfriend isn't the be all and end all and you don't need to be keeping an yeah. eye on anyone or keeping an eye on any of those drivers. It's just, like, not sustainable at all. It's not a sustainable way to live. And at the end of the day, you're probably going to fizzle out with your love for this driver at some point. Everyone grows. Everyone matures. I'm just saying, like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't hey. keep an eye on their love life yeah. because they'll be doing it themselves. Um, I totally agree with what Katie said and the fact that, like... I always get so weirded out when I see people, like, oh, talking about, like, Kimmy Antonelli's dating life and, like, Gabri Minnie's. I'm like, dude, like, they're very young kids. Like, yeah. I don't know. And I think that, yeah, they are in the spotlight and that is something that comes with it. And that sucks. But it also doesn't. And it's, you know, it's always been a thing kind of from the beginning. But what always kind of weirds me out is that, say, like, no one was talking about, like, Finn Wolfhard and Millie Bobby Brown and their dating lives when they were our age. So it's, like, people have always kind of respected that, like, teenagers are teenagers. Like, they're not acting different because they have F2 seats. Like, yeah, on camera, they do act different. They're media trained. But behind closed doors, like, they're kids, and to have like their relations expo- like their relationships exploited like it is the same drama that happens in high school whether or not you're in a race car or not like it's not these things that have to be publicized i feel bad for <laughs> i feel bad for the girls that have to kind of be like exploited by this because they're not trying to be in that spotlight either and i mean like i said it's just it's based on proximity too like i know that there was this i haven't ever really had like an issue with like a gossip account until yesterday because they've <laughs> and that one was really annoying but um this one girl was like apparently like she this account followed me and it was like and i was like removed from following like please don't follow me and um there was like apparently this whole story highlight having to do with like my different friends that have like commented on my instagram posts like in racing and I was like, girl, you're reaching. 
You're reaching. So I think that's so what I these ghosts have. Sorry, you want um, I think one of the, the the strangest things I've ever seen is, um, so there is, there is, okay, this, this one girl, she messaged me and she said, I have something to tell you. And I was like, that's really cool. And she's like, I saw you made a video about a driver having a girlfriend or something. I, I, I'd made this video saying that everybody was talking about how Ollie Beerman had a girlfriend. And I was like, oh, and the only evidence mm-hmm. they had was the fact that these two are following each other. Anyway, this girl would message me and she said, the girl that everybody okay. think um, thinks Ollie Beerman is dating isn't dating Ollie Beerman and I was like okay whatever like okay whatever and then she goes oh, listen I've messaged his mum and I was like hold on that is his mother he is a 17 year old boy like this is you know what I, he is a human being you do not message somebody's mother and say by the way does he have a girlfriend and his mother does His he doesn't owe that to you his mum doesn't owe that to you I mean if I was Ollie in that situation, if I was his poor mother in that situation, I would be feeling horrible. Like, that that honestly made me sick. Yeah. And I replied to that message with, you just need, to, you have to be so careful. And I think, as, as Gina said, they will share what they want to share. And if we are really kind to them and we, mm-hmm. and we meet everything they post with love, then they're going to want to share it more. They're going to want to show us more of their lives. Um, I just yeah. I just think it, it can get really ugly. Um, specifically, I yeah. think I think almost it almost happens more with like the support series drivers. I feel like because they're they're more accessible for. I think it's the age of the fans quite often. So so the younger fans are more often more um, often more into. Um, yeah, the relationship side because that's the kind of media they like to consume. They like to consume Instagram and TikTok and things like that. So um, that often leads to them being a little bit more nosy. And I think you just have to be so so careful. And just whenever you send a message or you or you start thinking something, just think that person could be my friend at school or that person could be someone I walk past in the street. They are human. You have to continue mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always compare it to. Sorry, go Tana. No, 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 you go, you go. Okay. okay, I always compare it to high school. I don't know how you guys, I don't know if it's got high school for you, but like, that's, that's one of I graduated early. This is so high school. <laughs> <laughs> I always compare it to high school because that's like the age that all of us and a lot of other people are at. And, and like, you don't see every, like, I was about to say senior in high school. I don't know how you guys say, it. you don't see high school age kids posting all the time with their girlfriends. Like, that's not normal really then. And like, yeah, some couples do. And you're all like, okay, yeah, cool. Thanks for, thanks for giving us the hot goss. We appreciate it. But like, you don't see that because like Katie said, they're fickle and they ebb and flow and you don't want that publicized. And I think that you also, people don't also understand how driven and mission driven those drivers are. You have to remember the the wag life or whatever you want to call it isn't the easiest thing in the world. Um... People are constantly looking in on your life and, and there's a spotlight on your life and people are making sure that he's not cheating on you and you're not cheating on him. And it's kind of like, are we doing that for our friends at high school? Yeah. No, we're not. It's like a job level deep yeah. dive that they do. Yeah. Like, you know how people do background checks on you when you get a new yeah. job? It's like, I've seen, especially with, I think it was Landon Norris's girlfriend, where they got together and then all of a sudden oh they were coming out from that like 2012. Insane. 
of things that she did in 2012 and it's like how do you get far that far back on like I it was seven was in 2012. yeah my favorite seven from that was people was so like young. I think to. Sorry, I'm so sorry. My wife is just joking. But my favorite thing from that entire thing about Lando and Louisa was um, the people on Twitter who were selling Lando Norris merch and saying, no, I don't want this anymore. He betrayed me, blah, 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 blah. I was like, Lando Norris, you, first of all, you're 12. Lando Norris is 20. Think about that age gap for a second. Like, like let it sit in your brain for a second. You, he's eight years older than you. The chances of you actually dating him, very low. He doesn't owe you anything, and especially, he didn't betray you by having a girlfriend. So... You know what? Can I close this out? I think that yes. it makes sense when you care about F1 driver relationships, especially as a young girl, because it's the same thing with One Direction. Big time rush. Like... Harry Styles, like, everyone wants to know who they're dating and stuff, and you have this, like, massive big old crush on them, and you're like, oh my god, ha 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 And then I also get it if you're, like, really into, like, support paddock relationships, but you can't expect the same things from them. Like, the younger, every, well, every single driver is very mission-driven, but especially in, like, the formative years of your career, like, in F2 and F3, you're not worried about bringing your girlfriend to the track. And, like, you forget they're still kids. And, like, they're very, 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 very mission-driven because they're all fighting against each other for this spot that the F1 drivers already have. So they have a little bit more liberty to post about this stuff and bring their girlfriends into the paddock and do all of that. And so I feel like, cool, be super interested in F1 driver relationships. Kyle Millman is. She loves F1. Like, we all no one it's they're famous people like you're gonna want to know about their relationships it's been a thing in media for years and years to come but when you're really dig deep diving into like these 16 year old girls like profiles that's when i get a little bit weirded out like you can't expect the same thing from them also don't exploit like people's private relationships when they're like 17 yeah. that's just yeah, yeah. i don't know and also like that's another yeah. thing that I that's what like, I a lot I am very thankful to have a lot of very cool friends um, as part of this journey and people and, and even like followers who just volunteer with information that they have. And I, I always meet that with like, it will always be their story to tell. Like it, it will always be the driver and the girlfriend or the driver and whoever they choose to be with. It will always be their story to tell. It's never the fan story to tell things about their life. Um, and, mm -hmm. you, ha you know, like you've, as I said, find that information if you if you really want to. Um, and, you know, look, look at photos of him and his girlfriend. Think, oh, I wish that was me. That's totally fine. But, but we don't need to meet that yeah. with, oh, he betrayed me or, or I don't like him anymore or something like that. Like, they, at, the, at their very core, they are still drivers. And I think, um, yeah. And people. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, um, I digress. Nevertheless, um... So, Katie, so I was getting cancelled last night. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, should we, we can touch on Is this? Very, 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 very so, um, kind of, kind of talking about, like... Cancel number four? Yeah, personal lives and, and wanting to share what you want to share. Like, I'm... I, I don't share a lot of my personal life on, on the Danny Rick's bitch kind of thing, but, but this week I am with an F1 fan for the whole entire week, and I'm very excited. Um, I'm on the family holiday, and... 
Oh, sorry. Yes, the Ockham and Malcolm family applauded. I'll believe that. And I chose to talk about that on my account and how I was going to visit somebody. And immediately I met with, oh my God, you're going to see Oli Beerman. Oh my God, you're going to see Zachary Sullivan. Oh my God, you're going to see Daniel Ricciardo, which is totally funny to me because I just think that you guys would realise if I was friends with these yes. people. <laughs> um, I mean, I also like, think it's just like if, 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 if Zachary Sullivan movie. wants to, to invite me to his family holiday, I will go. Right. Yeah, he can come on the holiday too if he wants to. But then we found this Twitter thread of people saying, like, she betrayed us, like, she's so annoying. She, like, set up this whole thing to make people think that she was dating a driver. She's never going to have a chance for the driver, like, all of this stuff. And I'm like, I was literally trying to share about how I was going to see a friend. And it just all, like, and sure, like, I posted these, like, Instagram stories that looked like Charlotte was a boy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but I was having fun with it. And. And I chose to share what I wanted to share. And when it felt right for Charlotte and I, we revealed who it was. That's <laughs> like, we're talking about us to really relationship. <laughs> so Charlotte and I have been dating like for seven launch. months now. Uh, yeah. December when I cried on the rocks. Um, was when we started getting together. But also, like, no, in no video did she say that she was coming to see a driver. Yeah. And there's people I said just... I was coming to see a boy yeah. Charlotte's boy. And they had, like... What do you mean, dude? People are TikToks. just, like, unkind. Yeah, but, like, just multiple screenshots of TikToks that I think that towards her coming to see a driver. I think that, um... People are just a little bit unreasonable and sensitive sometimes. And, um, I know that, Katie, you've had stuff happen with your account before, and... I always bring it back to, like, I've met a lot of, like, very lovely women in F1, like, the Grid Click girls, like, Sarah and Samantha, Tony Cohen Brown, Lissy, Ariana Bravo, like, they all create different content, and like, she loves F1, Michaela, she's amazing, like, they that. all create different content, and they all respect that they create different content, and I know, Katie, like, your account has kind of shifted to a new, pers- like, new goal, within the last few months and it's like it's a little bit more educational and like you're really diving into like race review and like doing all this really cool stuff and I don't it always just makes me a little bit sad when you see girls that have these different accounts whether they're edit accounts or like race review accounts or content creation you see them kind of coming at each other's throats and I feel bad because I feel like f1 especially female fans. I know that there's boys that have these accounts too, but you have these phenomenal examples of what it is to be a girl in F1 and you don't see them acting like that, like at all. And so I wish, and I know that it's, it's super competitive. And like we talked about earlier, like everyone's trying really, really hard to end up in this industry. That's so niche and difficult to get into and I understand and respectfully I wouldn't be here unless I grew up in racing and so it's kind of like it comes down to that and then like where are you and who do you know and it's not what you know it's who you know and all of that and I just wish sometimes people just gave each other a little bit more grace and didn't like blow things out of proportion so often because then I think that's how some of the stereotypes that they don't like are brought up but I just think that like let's see Ariana Samantha Sarah like Tony, all these amazing girls that all create very different content are just such good role models for like how you can coexist and create different content. And maybe behind closed doors, one of those girls doesn't like the other content that one produces, but you don't see them like fighting about it on the internet. I don't know. And I just think it creates a breeding ground for like 
anyone to say anything that they think about like female F1 fans. I don't know. I just feel like everyone's doing a great job and they should just give each other a hug. <laughs> Thank you, Gina. But I think we already have a hard time. Sorry. Sorry, Katie. Hold on. Say again. But like, so I was just saying, like, women in F1, we already have a hard time as it is to, mm -hmm. we get absolutely attacked by men being DTS fans. We don't know anything. We just watch. Like, the Pit Stop Boys was an ex like a perfect example of that. What they've said is a reflection of what men in F1 believe women to be. So I don't think that we should be at each other's throats wanting to like get rid of each other instead we should be promoting each other and wanting to help each other out because we're all in this like as high school musical says we're all in this together you know like we we're all uh -huh. to one goal yeah that's my thought. i think it's already <laughs> such a niche it's not niche but it's already already such a fight for us and and one of the questions there's a lot of questions later is like how, how do you cope with the sexes and stuff i think yeah and i think like for us there, there is space for every sort of type of content creation um there's so many different corners of f1 that you can delve into and, and if you want to change the way that you create your content and that's kind of what gina touched on before i'm kind of moving away from like making thirst types of drivers to making more kind of like sit down videos just because that's what i like making more um but i think i I have so learned to cope with, I don't really get them as much anymore, like in the early days I used to get a lot of men commenting on my videos, but I guess I don't as much anymore, I mean like men ca commenting hate, but I think it hurts, it hurts when it's a woman, it hurts when it's a woman bringing down fans for mm -hmm. liking it a certain way, or liking certain drivers, or disliking certain drivers, or changing their opinions, or, or messing something up, or like... I see people coming at, like, young girls, like, my age, you know, even younger than me, for, like, spelling Ricardo wrong. And I'm thinking, it's okay. Like, everyone is learning. Like, there is so much to Nobody learn. It's such a... Yeah, no. No one spelt Ricardo. I, like, for me, my name used to be, like, Daniel Rickspitch, and then Daniel Ricardo's wife was, like, my name. Don't ask questions. Um... <laughs> And I had the Ricardo spelt wrong of the Dana Ricardo's wife for like two months before I changed it to. Did you me. miss an eye? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, you know what? It, like it's, yeah. It's it can be. Yeah, it I just think it's brutal out there. But there is also so many lovely F1 content creators who who aren't as big as like some of the bigger ones that Gina mentioned, who are just doing the most and and helping young female fans feel valid and welcome because sometimes the majority of of kind of like that older kind of male fan base cannot be as welcoming to to the younger fans. And I think it's really important that. People say, you know, it's such a sexist, misogynistic sport type of, type of thing. And the, the biggest thing that we can do is to lift other women up, make other women feel welcome, show that there is a space for them in the sport, yeah. and hopefully that will trickle through to the next generation and the next generation won't, it won't be such an evident gap. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think it is getting better, I would argue. But I just, then again, like, it getting better because F1 is becoming more global and more recognized also comes with the more fan bases and more people trying to make a name for themselves. And I just, I don't know. It, it kind of hurts when you see like girls just ripping each other apart on the internet and guys ripping girls and guys apart on the internet. I just think that there's like Katie said, there's a place for everyone. And I don't think it has to be the environment it's created. And I'm sure that 
people take words and twist them too. Like I've said probably a lot of things so far that someone could clip out and be like, oh, she's saying like female F1 fans are like mean, da 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 da. No, not at all. I'm just saying that I understand how it can be competitive and I realize like that's where some of that hate might be coming from. Then you're bandwagoning. Say that one person is like, oh, I don't like this account. She did this, this, and this. And it's taken out of context, but still seven other people will be like, yeah, I don't really like that either. And then because eight other people see that the eight are already doing it, then they're going to go along with it because it's a community. So I just wish that it was a little bit more self-reflecting in a sense of like, okay, it's not that deep. Like, I don't know. It's not that deep. It's okay. We're all, we're all in this together. (laughs) I just think we're such a diverse community that we are like, from mm-hmm. so many different countries and everything like I just think we're such a diverse community and we need to learn how to respect each other and I think that's something that F1 fans across the world we're all guilty of it we're all guilty of silently judging each other in a way and I think that's silent yeah. yeah but like you know yeah you know yeah but like I'm just saying that everyone needs to form a communal form of respect because it's like as you as Jenna said it's kind of getting better but to get better, it's, it kind of had to get worse. Is like, you know, like mm-hmm. that thing. Like, to get better, it had to get worse. So that's my thought. I feel like you can compare it to Max fans and Lewis fans in Abu Dhabi 2021. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen um, the rocket-powered mohawk. He has, like, this cycle of, like, Max messes up, then Lewis fans love everything, and then Lewis messes up, and then Max fans go at Lewis fans' throats. It's the same thing, it's just on Twitter. Like, or like, they rage on, and I, it's the same difference. Like, I'm not just saying it happens with girls, because I don't want someone to, like, take this out of context and be like, yeah, it's like just, she's just, like, saying that the teenage girls in motorsports are like this. Like, no, this happens with 50-year-old men in Formula One. Like, it's just, like, people have always been at each other's throats. But let's do it over things like championships and not a TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... It's a competitive sport. People are bound to be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's going to be controversy. People are going to want to... There's an incredibly... There's an incredibly fine line. I I know we touched on kind of like driver privacy and stuff before. There's a fine line between like... uh, I have walked probably on the wrong side of that line of, of kind of sexualizing drivers as as it comes or you know over focusing on their looks and stuff like that and that's kind of like my mission at the moment is to kind of mold it um and i i know that sometimes i've said things that pretty (laughs) not so good yeah not so good but i think giving people space to learn that without coming out their throats and and making these horrible twitter threads about like 17 16 year old girls we got some lovely questions from um, my <laughs> followers, so I thought we could we could answer these kind of individually. Um, advice for other women who want to get into motorsport. I assume that's for Jenna, but we Tiana and I can kind of talk about how we got into motorsport. But you go first, Jenna. Oh, that's such a tough question. Because I be born to the right people. Don't know. Like it's. I don't know. I have actually DM'd, like, Ariana before and asked her, like, how to get more into the broadcast journalism side just because I did that for a while and really enjoyed it. And, like, even then, I have no idea. So, like, I wish I could tell you. I think that 
I've seen a lot of people find success though through like content creation, and I think that's super um like really modern way that a lot of people are doing really really well. So that's what I would say is like don't be afraid to post stuff online. Do be afraid to post exploiting things online. I wouldn't get yourself canceled this early on, but um, maybe it's redeemable. But um yeah, I think for me it was obviously a little bit of a different circumstance just because I grew up in karting and then like there's other forms of motorsports too like. If they live in America, tell them to look at, like, IMSA or karting in Europe or WEC or ELMS or IndyCar. There's a lot that's going on that I think really helps you, like, meet people that work in Formula One. And you can also find a lot of joy in working in other forms of motorsports. They're really cool. I recommend. I know Katie really wants to get into, like, scooter racing. Yeah, I, I, I want to get into <laughs> A-scootering. Like the eight, yeah. I I really really want to. Dude, that. that's so um, cool. Oh God, so bad. It actually is so cool. I would I'm eat that up. Scooter now, so so training starts now. But um, um, but kind of kind of to bounce off what what Gina said, you just you really do just have to start. And like you said, you know you got you got into it because of family, but you've worked incredibly hard for kind of the the, the jobs that you've had, and you're Thank very you. good at what you do. Like even mm-hmm. just like sitting here today, you're so very well spoken. But um very eloquent human being yeah. nevertheless like, i think you do just you. have to start and i i get i get at least a dm a day saying like how do i start making content and i'm like well what you do is you just press the create account button on tiktok and you just start and f- like my advice is follow a whole bunch of different creators mm-hmm. because some of them will follow you back or or their followers will see your videos like oh they follow them you know what i mean so just start start following people mm-hmm. start messaging people i mean i if anybody asked me to be like on their podcast or to write like a newsletter or something about them I'll, I'll always say yes like I'm so keen to to like be that's how she know, ended up other people um well it wasn't like that Tiana you forced me to be on the podcast but um <laughs> here I am today yep. <laughs> still co-hosting nine episodes later <laughs> nevertheless um but yeah so I, I'd just say just start um Tiana do you have anything to add to that about like maybe like the fear of, of starting of, of trying trying to your foot in the door I guess yeah I think when I started I obviously like I was really scared I'm the most if you know me you know that I'm the most anxious stressed person ever so I was the most stressed out but you know sometimes you just have to do it turn off your notifications and then just hope for the best because that's typically how I do it and you know it doesn't it seems really daunting at first It, it really is but after a while it just starts getting like okay you know I can actually do this and it's actually achievable and I'm making things that I enjoy. But I think the number one thing is you have to always remember, it always has to come back to the fact that you have to enjoy what you're doing because if you enjoy what you're doing, it never will feel like you're working at all. Like, never feel like you're working, never feel like a burden on you, anything. As long as you're enjoying what you're doing, that's all that matters. Like, if you're not enjoying it, there's no point Mm -hmm. in staying in it or whatever. I'm trying to figure out, I know, like, this girl asked me a while ago like how did you get an f1 and i remember just telling her like just try your best like there's nothing that will it's 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 either gonna work or it's not and like you're never gonna know if you don't really like give it your best shot and i don't think i'm trying as hard as i could to like like i just talked about the broadcast journalism side is intriguing to me just because that's what i did for the last like two years but um i don't think i'm trying hard enough to get into that so it's such a tough industry and I really 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 commend anyone who's just trying to get their foot in the door because I know it's tough and I think people are cool though like 
it's the most rewarding feeling ever. Okay, so we have, I love we have race cars. quick fire questions for you. So yeah, um, Jenna. <clears throat> okay, are you ready? Oh no. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. No. Who's your favorite team? Team Quick Fire. Um, Ferrari, historically, Mercedes, and Red Bull, because I love the way they run. They, they usually drive? But I think Ferrari is historically, <laughs> like, if I had to pick a team, I think Ferrari is obviously beautifully cool, and the history is so freaking cool, but I yeah. genuinely adore and, like, revere the way that Red Bull is run currently, and, like, I think that... Mercedes historically has done the same things as Red Bull. I just think they're in a bit of a rut right now. Yeah. I also think Haas is a sleigh. To be, I hate that I just said that. I I think Haas is cool. Like when I was in Austin, I was like, they're they're so humble and like they really like they just like don't really complain. Like you see in like the change your car da 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 da. da. Like Red Bull and Mercedes kind of go at it. Haas has like. 10 bucks in the bank, and you don't see them complaining. That's all I'm going to say. Like, they're just working with what they've got. I think Haas is a cool team. Sorry, go on. Okay, um, do you have a... Who's your favourite F1 driver? That's hard. Probably Carlos Sainz. Favourite F2 driver? Probably Ollie Behrman. Yeah. No, probably Ollie, definitely. Well, our last quick fight. Oh, we've got a couple more. Oh, no. Gina, who is your favorite F3 driver? Sebas, because we're close. Friends, Montoya. I don't really know a lot of people in F3 this year, though. Yeah, okay. Um, nicest, nicest driver you've met? Maybe, maybe if one, I don't know. Mick Schumacher. Really? Oh, I can imagine. Mick, Mick Schumacher. Um, yeah, your, so your nice. Biggest Nick DeVries, really, really nice. To uh, Christian Horner. You've spoken to Horny Spice? Or Total Wolf. Okay. Um, uh -huh. Your favorite Taylor Swift what? song? <gasps> New Romantics, 1989. Or, uh, yeah, choice. that one. Thank you. <laughs> Okey that's like always like that's been on my on reach in Spotify since I was like 10. Taylor Swift was my first concert I ever went to a 1989 concert in Chicago but I'm not a huge like new era Taylor Swift fan like I don't know stuff from like the newer albums but like 1989 is like probably my favorite album of all time sorry go on we love 1989 okay um so Shah's played this game before, so has Tiana, but we have this thing that we do the, at the end of the episode. It's called it's called Drivers of Your Life. So um, F1 drivers do a lot okay. of driving, but um, we, we are mostly it's just true. talking about the biggest drives that you'll remember when you are at the end of your life thinking, oh my God, I can't believe they drove me there. So the question today is, your driver of the life question is, which current or past F1 driver would you want to drive you to your wedding? We'll start with our very special guest, Jenna. My wedding? Yeah. Did you say my wedding? Okay. You did yes. say your wedding. Driving to my wedding. You said start with me. Am I on the spot now? Yeah. Would you, would, should we cross yes. over live to Tiana? Okay. 
Yeah, sorry. There was like there's like a five second delay because we're so far from like when I say something to like when one of you responds. So I'm like, okay, got it. Yeah. So yeah, do Tiana first. I have to think. Okay. So I personally think that for my wedding, who would I want to drive into my wedding? Um, maybe like Mick, because I feel like Mick is pretty or like Seb, because I think they would get me to where I need to be, and they would be very like on time with it and know what they need. To Okay. I feel like Sebastian. I'm Vettel. gonna go. No, Charlie, go. I just feel like Sebastian Vettel. I feel like he'd just be such a nice, like, reassuring person to drive you to your wedding. Like that would. I think that's someone that you need on the big day because it's such a big day. So, Sebastian Vettel. Gina. I'm gonna go with. Okay, I have two answers. I feel like Daniel Ricardo and I would have like just it would be so much fun because the carpool karaoke but i'm gonna go with michael schumacher for sure yeah oh yeah, the two, yeah. like i feel like that's such a i'd be so safe you know what i mean yeah, yeah. michael schumacher 100 mick is like that was when you when you went to the um yeah um or like Rubens Barrichello, but just because I'm like friends with the Suns, and I think that'd be funny. Or like Juan Pablo Montoya. I don't know because I have to say that oh, probably. Yeah, like um, friends, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, dang it, what was I gonna say? Melinda, you were like, wow, I can't believe I just talked to that. Probably like Mick too, because like that was so cool. Like we were like. I didn't talk to Christian for long, I didn't talk to Toto for long, it was more like, hey, excuse me, like, would you mind if I, like, you took a photo with these people? Because that's a lot of what my job is, is literally just asking people to take, yeah, you know, the like, the can we get the check, that thing, that's me, but, like, asking drivers to take photos, so I'll be like, oh, like, can you, like, that's it, so, um, <laughs> like, with people, but, uh, Mick was just, like, so cool, like, that was, like, I look back on that moment, and I'm like, oh my god, it was, yeah. it was wild. But yeah, everyone was so nice. Um, so if I had, a, I, I, talk, I think about this quite a, a quite a bit. I, I, I've like planned how I, not how I want to have my wedding, but a lot of aspects of my wedding that I want it to be. Yeah. So um, I really badly want my favorite driver of all time, General Carter, to drive into my wedding. Um, but I think it might be a bit dodgy because I'd so just be like, hey, shall we just like, like, shall I just call it off, get married because. You know, yeah, I feel like he could very easily give me cold feet because I'd be like, you're so cool. Like, the music choice would be amazing. He'd have me hyped. He'd, like, make sure that I wasn't stressed out about doing this big thing. Um, so I feel like he'd be perfect. Um, but, yeah, apart from that. Yeah. Um, That's why I think Michael Schumacher because it's, like, the fatherly paternal vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't do anyone that's going to make me get cold feet. Sorry, go on. Um, okay, so I guess this is, um, we've come to the end of the episode here today. Um, I'd like to give a huge thank you to our very special guest, Jenna. Thank you for waking up early to come and film with us today. Um, enjoy the rest thank of Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. And thank, thank you, you very much to Charlotte for... Um, giving us your home once again, <laughs> yeah. And of course, thank you to Siana who's going to have a mega job editing this episode. Um, 
So yeah. thank it's you very right. much. But uh, the, the thank real, you to our number one sponsor, My Fame. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was about to I was about to give you like a huge shout out. I was gonna be like the number one person who made this all possible. She even wrote a nice debrief for us. This is the debrief. Um, Katie. Yeah, Tiana is so nice to you, Katie, and you're like, I, I got you here, and she's like, I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, no, Tiana, you, like, you did this yourself. Do not let anyone take that away from you, ever. Thank you. Yeah. Tiana, Thank you Tiana works bloody hard for every single thing that she got. She has, she has a mega job editing these episodes because... Is me sending her messages? Can you help me? <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm like I'm yeah. not. Charlotte I'm, just messaged me. I'm saying. not light on the mouth. <laughs> what did yeah. you literally message Thank you guys so much. It means the world. Dog, but it would have to travel. Ciao, everybody. Bye. <gasps> you can stop. Oh, look at look at my explore page. Bye. Are you guys? Oh, bye. Mm -hmm.